and we are live. Good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this live broadcast of She Leads in Tech. My name is Lydia Goche, host and founder of this platform, where our mission is to increase visibility of women in the tech industry. This platform is a space for us to share experiences, knowledge and expertise on a range of leadership and technical subjects. And today we'll be bringing you an introduction to data science, machine learning and artificial intelligence led by our subject matter experts, Itoro Linli. Uh, Ito is a data science and analytics manager at Principality Building Society, where her key focus is to help drive data-driven decisions. She's also a PhD researcher at KCL London, where her focus is researching algorithmic bias in the financial services sector. Hi, Ito. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Lydia. It's great to be here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's our very first live broadcast. So thank you for literally opening the show for us. And I'm really looking forward to this uh, conversation. And I have lots and lots of exciting questions to ask you. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So before we begin, we'd like to get to know you a bit better. So can you tell us about you and how you got to this point in your career? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I I started off as an engineer. I was an electronic engineer for quite a while, and I got into that after I'd done a um, BEng in electronic engineering. So naturally, I got into engineering. I absolutely loved being an engineer. You know, a lot of my role was in um, analyzing um, a, a performance of um, microelectronics, mm -hmm. seeing, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and when it hasn't worked, um, why hasn't it worked, working mm -hmm. with a team of engineers to kind of identify what's gone wrong and put um, a, a fix in place so it doesn't occur again. So, yeah. yeah, that was quite exciting. And during that role, actually, a large part of my role was in data analysis because we were um, a an organization that we um, manufactured a large amount of uh, microelectronic chips and 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 tested them. So we generated a lot of data. And obviously, yeah. the engineers, we needed to analyze it. So a huge part of my role was in this data analysis, which kind of led me to kind of go down an MSc, um, a, um, a statistics-based MSc. Mm -hmm. And that was really exciting because that just gave me more of the theoretical knowledge to so a lot of the analysis that I was um, oh, I, I was already doing in my job. And it opened up my world a lot more. So that kind of, as I said, they opened up my world to other industries who are yeah. doing this type of thing. So I ended up as in, as a customer insight analyst in the financial uh, services industry. So mm -hmm. I work for a large insurer, um, helping them to understand um, their uh, information data on, uh, on um, customers, et cetera. And then I moved into the role where I'm in now, and now I kind of lead a team of um, analysts and kind of doing the same kind of thing, you know, helping the organization to understand a bit more about the um, data that they hold. Mm 
So that's it in a nutshell. And as you had mentioned, I'm also doing a PhD part time um, yeah. because I'm really interested in, you know, a lot of the um, the ethical side of um, machine uh, machine um, uh, learning and just to understand how that impacts us and but more importantly what we can do to identify it and rectify it mm -hmm. so yeah so i'm doing that part-time as well well done Itero. that sounds like you've got a lot going on as well and what, what about hobbies what are some of the things you you get up to in your spare time if you've got any yes <laughs> so yeah no you're right you know there's a lot going on um <laughs> The hobbies. So I really like hiking, walking. So we go out quite a lot. We walk up a lot of, so where I am in, in Wales, there's a lot of hills, mountains. So most weekends you can actually find me um, in the great Welsh outdoors, <laughs> hiking up a hill. And I'm also kind of really into um, uh, exercising, gymming. So yeah, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, those are like my two main things that keep me um, going. Yeah, oh, that's good. Re really important stuff, especially when you've got lots of things going on to look after yourself as well. Anyway, into our topic, introducing data science, machine learning and artificial intelligence. I mean, just, just to give a bit of a backdrop to why we are we are discussing this. So today we are surrounded by by data, and data drives um, nearly every aspect of our of our lives today. So, to to begin with, I just wanted you to explain what the role of data is in today's technologies ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's great. You know, as you said, we are are surrounded by lots of you know applications lots of things data is used everywhere mm -hmm. and from a tech point of view all that is is essentially these are all the like the applications and the um and and systems and things like that that an organization will use to be able to run their um, operations right mm -hmm. and one of the things that as an organization you know one of the, th the things that you're interested in is okay i've got all these applications and everything but how do they link with each other and how do they talk to each other mm -hmm. and are they effective in what they do so what that means is whatever they are meant to do are they doing it you know, accurately, are they doing it well enough? But also, are they efficient in what they do? So essentially, how how much effort is it to um, execute that thing, and how long does it take, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm -hmm. So, but in order to understand all these things, you know, are you operating optimally? Are you operating effectively and efficiently? You really need to understand how all the different applications, how they all piece to each other, how they talk with each other, how they move um, information from one to another. Are they doing mm -hmm. things right? And the only way to really understand all this is by, you know, doing the, the analysis and by understanding what the, um, understanding what the data tells us about it because that's what's going to inform you as to how things are operating you know mm -hmm. so it's it's a crucial role it's a crucial thing in you know everything that we do how things link up because 
if you don't understand that, then you don't know if you're operating as well as you um, could, as well as you um, ought to. So, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I can't really overemphasize how critical it's, it is in the world that we live in now. And it's only going to get more and more so that way. Thank you, Tara. And, and does that all feed into creating the, the body of, of knowledge that is now known as data science? Yes. So, yes. So, absolutely. You know, there is a direct link there. So, if I think of what um, data science is, you know, if I think of, you know, the two words in there, and, and, and science is really about um, expanding your knowledge and expanding your understanding, you know, and so if I think about it, what we're trying to do is expand our knowledge and expand our understanding of our mm. operations, of our world, our, um, our systems, mm. you know. So, yes, so we're using um, our data to mm -hmm. broaden our understanding, to broaden our, you know, our understanding of the world that we want, you know, we are interested in. So, yes, absolutely, it all links in because that is the... That is what is needed for us to be able to start to gain that understanding. Yeah. And what the are data. some of those tools? Sorry, apologies. What, no, are, what no. are some of those tools used to gain that um, better understanding of, the, of, of data science in general? Yeah. So it's a very interesting question. And it's a question that generally has a lot of controversy out there right and mm -hmm. my perspective is that the tools don't really matter you know okay. I think it's more about the it's more about the methodology you know as long as we understand what we're trying to do and we're doing it mm -hmm. in the right ways that is what is important um I think whatever tool you're you know you're interested in whatever tool you're comfortable in that's fine mm -hmm. if it does the job it does the job obviously there's some tools that lend themselves a bit more to doing some some um, jobs easier than others yeah. so yes but you know but ultimately it's less about the tools but more about the methodology in understanding yeah. in that yeah how we go about that learning and understanding yeah so i know you said tools don't matter but two of the uh concepts that are popular in the field of data science is machine learning and artificial intelligence so yeah. how how does this two tools or methodology fit into the yeah. context of data science yeah i think it's a great question so i think ml and ai are just um they're just another tool in a um in a data science tool um kit you know it doesn't mean that they're the um the um it doesn't mean that they're the only ones available mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean we have to use them for everything but they're just one of many you know mm -hmm. so it, and they are um, they are um excellent tools they are really great and they solve a lot of um uh problems and that's why you know they it's become more well known in you know recent times so mm -hmm. yeah, so the way i look at it it's it fits in there because it's a 
a great option, a solid option that we that's we can use to analyze um, data to understand mm -hmm. a bit more. But I think one thing we need to be mindful of and and remember is that it's 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 an option. There's other mm -hmm. options as well. So we should you know it's about looking in that tool. Um, it's about looking in that uh, the chest and. Mm. finding the right um the right tools and sometimes it'll be ml would be the way to go down and sometimes maybe there might be other tools that might help so yeah yeah well that's good but just focusing on those two methods of uh, ai and ml mm. what, what what are the differences if any between both <laughs> yeah so it's another great question and the reason i say that is because sometimes we hear those um 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 terms being used in being used being used inter interchangeably yeah and but the reality of it is that ml is a subset of ai and you know if we think about the ai world you know i i mean one easy way to think about it is there's broadly two kind of groups you have mm -hmm. what we call the model driven ai and we mm -hmm. have what we call the data-driven AI. Mm -hmm. And ML falls into this data, uh, this data-driven AI world, mm -hmm. because what ML is looking at is, okay, let's look at all the historical occurrences and let's look at um, our, our data. And then let's use that to model what we think is going to occur further down mm. the line so kind but, of like supervised learning such as yeah, part of this exactly but the um model based ai and i use that term to mean it tries to model the world as it is so it's not really relying on historical information we're looking mm. at understanding that world we're interested in, understanding all the agents in that world. How do those agents interact with each other? How do, you know, what are the things that can occur and what are the things that can't occur? And it's by understanding that, then we start to say, okay, how can we then use that to, un to understand what's going to occur, what's likely to occur? So they come from two very different kind mm. of angles yes right now there's a lot of work being done where the two approaches merge a lot more so there's a lot of like joint there's a lot of like joint research work where you'll get mm -hmm. both approaches merging into one which is great it's fantastic but yeah in a nutshell we just we need to think about ml as a subset of ai and that there's all nice. these other ai methods out there that aren't ml mm -hmm. Yeah, and and does deep learning and the concepts of neural network does it fit anywhere in those uh, spheres between AI and and ML? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so yeah, as you rightly said, so deep, so deep learning and um, neural um, neural networks are just the a special type of ml so they are all still they're all still machine learning because again mm -hmm. what they what if you think about what they're doing they're looking at historical information and trying to model it and you know mm -hmm. so they also fall in that group they are a different type 
and but be, just because of you know how they've come about and what they've been used um, used for, and mm. just how kind of a a powerful algorithm they are. Yeah, but they are default categorically in that ML kind of world, that ML yeah area. No, that's that's really awesome because I think you know going into the world of um, AI or ML, there's there's quite a lot, especially when you start to look at the the various techniques. I mean, even in neural networks, there are different mechanisms. As you know, there's the you know recurrent RNA, neural networks, CNN, convolutional yes. neural networks, and all of that. So there's, there's quite a lot. So it it, it leads me to ask what is the criteria for determining what model or method is suitable for for any given task yes it's a great question and i don't think there's an easy answer for this one right <laughs> i think it's one of those things where as we um, say here it's a play it by it's a play it by i can't get the words out play it by ear yeah yeah means it's a case, it's a case by case thing. Some methods, you know, some um, um, tasks, you know, it might be quite obvious, you know, mm. as you talked about, you know, um, deep, uh, deep learning, etc. You know, if we're analyzing things that are like maybe image, almost got data or audio, you know, you might, that might give a clear indication. You might want to go down the neural networks kind of route. But in terms of all the other things, you know, there's broadly a couple of ways you can think about it. You can think about it in a case of, right, am I trying to understand outcomes? So say, for example, you're, a, you're an employer and you run a job interview for applicants, you um, um, hire some applicants, you don't um, hire some, you might start to think about, okay, if I have a, a pool of applicants here, who am I likely to employ and who am I mm -hmm. likely to not employ, you know? So if you have a, a task like that, you might start mm -hmm. to think, okay, it's a, um, a supervised learning um, approach. And then that might lead you down to, you know, a group of models that you might start to think okay these are the kind of models i maybe need to think about or you might be doing something else which is an maybe unsupervised ml um which is you maybe you're trying to understand what groups of uh what types of um customer exists in your in your organization and you want to understand who is more like each other and you know who is less like this group etc mm. so you know there's different things like that you can think about that might start to make you think about okay these are the group of algorithms that could lend itself to this mm. uh, um, uh, piece of work but also you might start wanting to think of where well how do I want to use it do I want to mm. do I need a quick do I need something that executes quickly am I running it like real um time and do I need is that what I what I need or do I have 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 I got the time available to train to take something that might take longer mm. you know so that's another area you might want to think of but also there's the 
the information that you have what does it look like how is it laid out you know some some uh, models might lend itself some algorithms might lend itself easier to different layouts different shapes different types of information so it's a really difficult thing to you know pick out it's it's really not a case of if you have this then do this if you have that yeah. then do this. it's not an if then else it's yeah. a nuanced thing that comes with um time and sometimes you know as i said it's not every um it's not everything that needs a big complex mm. uh, um model some things might just be um if visual is good enough or you know yeah. Or, or so, a simple linear regression. Simple linear. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> it's a really played by ear type thing where you just need to experiment a bit. No, that's really good. I'm going to pick on one of the things you said around um, how how data is used because you were explaining earlier that if you if you want to run a supervised task where you collect uh, data from either a, a group of objects or a group of um, things you want to monitor and then your your output on and categorization is dependent on the data you input into the system so the question coming up in my mind is how do we get the right quality of data and i guess starting to go into um the focus of your research which is preventing algorithmic bias you know how do we make sure data is collected in in such a way that it's it's free from from bias because i think that's that's a big thing right so if you've collected an amount of data which doesn't include certain characteristics then of course there's no way your algorithm is going to provide a return which says you know <laughs> there's your outcome so automatically the the characteristics you don't include in your sample is automatically excluded. So just t tell us a bit more about uh, the work you're doing in algorithmic bias and how that's going to help check that, you know, data are accurate and prevent any bias from, from coming into models. Yeah, oh, it's a lovely <laughs> question. <laughs> I'll, 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 caveat i'll start by saying um, yeah. i don't have all the answers because if yes. i did my research would be complete Done. i yeah. can tell you a lot about what i think you know when i i started this work right mm. i started going into it from the um, algorithm the the um algorithmic point of view you know what are the algorithms doing and you know which ones are doing what yeah and that is very interesting because some of the work I've done, I can see that different algorithms behave very differently to the same inputs in terms of when mm -hmm. you start to think about a fairness outcome, which is what you are, you know, alluding to there, which, you know, yeah. making sure that groups have a fair outcome. And I put that in them quotes because the definition of what a fair outcome is, is it just nobody knows because it's such a, a you know what i class as a fair outcome for a you might yeah. not you know yeah but essentially i started off thinking about it from the algorithm the 
algorithmic point of view but the more and more i researched into it it all boils down to mostly the data when it comes in mm. how do we know how can we if we're gonna fix something that would be the first place to start to look to make sure mm. that the data you have is fit for what you're trying to do it's robust it's accurate it's etc you know it 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 does what it's meant to do um that is a very challenging thing to achieve and i think i'm looking at it from another angle in terms of well what is a case of rather than as well as working on that let's mm -hmm. try to educate practitioners to understand things to look out for what are the things that should ring um alarm uh, um alarm bells what are the things that should make you go uh oh hang on a minute let's dial it you know let's rein it in let's pause let's go back and look and let's you know let's have the conversation about is the incoming data right for what we're trying to do because mm -hmm. the more practitioners we get having this awareness then mm -hmm. the more we can start to kind of think about how we can get that input to be of a higher um, quality quality exactly mm -hmm. you know i i i talked a bit about model model driven ai versus data driven ai in ml we have a similar kind of thing mm -hmm. where we have the model driven ml which in the past it was just about whatever you get in, let's find the best algorithm to model it. And we throw yeah. enough algorithms at it and eventually <laughs> it yields, right? It's going to give you yeah. an answer and we'll go, yes. And that's like a, a Kaggle approach of doing, you know, let's try this algorithm and that algorithm and that algorithm. But slowly, I think we're moving away from that model-driven ML to more data-driven ML, which is a case mm. of rather than trying to find the best model, Let's try and find the best data. Let's right. think about more of the data coming in. Let's make sure it's robust and stuff like that. So it's still, I think it's still quite early, um, er, er, early, early days yet. Yeah. But I think there's slowly that a, a, a shift coming on. Yeah. No, that's that's really great. I think for me personally, one of the things I like about model-driven um, AI or, or machine learning is that they're they're ready to use. Although, rightly as you say, you know, it is subject to the designer of that model and the data that model has been trained with. And as you start to move out of that native application for that model, you start to get a different result. So. Is, is there a necessity to understand a language in, in, in how to train and, and how to build data models? Um, I don't think so. I don't think, I think there is a necessity in understanding the limitations of mm. the models. So I think as, again, it goes back to educating the practitioners in the sense that if you take a model that's just come off from God knows where, you don't know 
its history, what has been um, trained on. You don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be that um, thought of, will this work for what I'm trying to do? And how can I ensure that it doesn't cause any unintended consequences? Yeah. And I think that is because I think it's great to have the, uh, you, you know, as you you um, said, the um, ready to um, go, the ready to go uh, yes. models. Absolutely. Because it just makes it easier. It's more accessible, you know, and people can use it, you know. But I think right, if you're going to pick one of the two, understanding it, but versus understanding its limitations i would say mm-hmm. understand its limit understand its understand its limitations because you will know when not to use it yeah i think that's the key thing for me yeah i think it's tricky because there there's there so many of them and when you look at tools like python for example it gives that flexibility in that you can modify or if you're brave enough scripts and write your own your own model and and this is why I asked the question because for for someone who is starting into into data science and an ML and an AI I think one of the things um, essential to understand is just knowing where where to pick your battles so of course if your um, if your area of interest or, or research is in AI itself then I guess it makes sense to look into maybe coming up with your own model as an example. But if you are a, a novice and you just want to see how different model responds to your data, then like you said, I think it's good to look at those models and understand those limitations, right? Because otherwise you are um, potentially going into a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, yes, understanding what they can and can't do will help you a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and absolutely right, I agree. Great. And then in, in terms of what's new in data science and AI in general, are there any um, emerging trends you can share with us today? Yeah, so I think, you know, the the hot trends happening now are more in the data engineering side of of um, things, you know, mm-hmm. as we talked about, you know, um, the information and um, and data, data is everywhere. The uh, thing volume is increasing, the, you know, and all this data needs to be transported from one place where they originate to somewhere else where they will end up and Someone needs to make sure they get there and someone needs to make sure it's right and it's fit for what they're trying to do. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. and others, you know, like me can get access to it to do the analysis and stuff like that. So there is a lot of, you know, interest in how do we get our our pipelines to be um robust how do we make sure that they're doing what they should do how can we optimize them how can we make them even be able to do more you know how how um can we ask more of them um than we already do right now 
And on the other end, how, how do we house all these things? Where do we house them? And what model mm. do we use to kind of house them? You know, we've gone from, right, everything in, in, in um, a single place, it's all like organized and stuff it's to, easy, yeah. okay, everything in somewhere else to everything in one place, but it's disorganized and you write your own ETL. And, you know, there's so much going on in that world of how do we just transport our data from the origin to where it's going to live? How mm. do we design that house where it's going to live? What's the best yeah. way to design that house? And I think that's where a lot of the interesting conversations are happening now because a lot of organizations have gone through, okay, we'll get in um, analysts or we'll, we'll get in the people who will do the analysis, but mm -hmm. hang on a minute, we can't even get access to what you want us to analyze. So there's yeah. that whole thing there where, where I think this is the key area in, uh, you know, our field right now. Well, and, and that to me sounds like there's an organized effort to 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 store data in mass and 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 have something like a living library of different sets of data that can be extracted and and used and applied in 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 many different settings which does sound exciting but also sound sounds scary yeah <laughs> in a way all of that data living in one place and i guess it's it starts to um bring to mind you know things about you know how we secure data how we make sure that the right people are accessing the right amount and the right type of data and of course what people do with that data because i guess one thing about data is that it it tells a lot potentially about but about people about systems infrastructure you know how how things are data is information right so i guess you know, it's it's interesting. You mentioned that as as an emerging trend because it does make sense, um, but it also um, brings some worries. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah. these are the things that organisations need to work and work th through. And organisations just need to also be mindful that what works for organisation A might not necessarily work for for. for organization B, you know, it's not yeah. a, um, a copy and, um, and paste exercise. I think people need to work out what works for them, what is, you know, but yeah, absolutely. It's a huge um, challenge in, in industry, how all this kind of plays out. Yeah, well, that's really good. And we're, we're starting to get into the closing segments now. You'll be pleased to hear my, my questions do have an end. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first question in the end segment is, what are the basic training you would recommend for anyone looking to pursue a career in, in data science? Great question. So data science, you know, there's a lot of um, routes to entry. Mm -hmm. And it depends on what exactly, you know, you're interested in. But I would say what doesn't hurt, what everyone will need is that ability to extract data, ability mm -hmm. to wrangle it. Because if you haven't, if you don't know how to go to, you know, as I said, this house where it all lives in and you don't know how to 
pull it out to do something mm. with them, then you're not really going to do anything, right? So yeah. I think the first step, if you know, I'll be thinking of learning how to extract um, data, how to manipulate it, how to wrangle it, you know, change the shape, change all sorts of stuff, transform it. So mm. it's something like SQL, very versatile. SQL has been around for ages and mm. it's not looking like it's going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon you know yeah. so and a lot of organizations a lot of enterprises just rely on sql so i would say that's a good solid place to start because if nothing else at least you'll be able to pull some um, um data you'll be able to yeah. wrangle it and then the next thing you might want to think is right okay i've got all this how can i visualize it because visualization makes life so much easier you're re reading rims and rims of um like uh, uh, information text numbers mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything but plot it mm -hmm. out and oh my god yeah insights jump out at you so that might be the next thing you want to think of right now that mm -hmm. i can extract it manipulate it how can i visualize it so again mm -hmm. a tool or a language that can make that kind of easy for you to do is probably the next kind of thing I would be um, thinking of. After that, I would say the third thing is, okay, once you've wrangled it, plotted it, visualized it, the next mm. thing you might want to do is to interpret it. Mm. So I can see a trend going up, but is it really going up? Or I can yeah. see that this average looks higher than that average. Is it really? Or, you know, so I would start to think about at that point some basic, um, statistical knowledge so you know what we call um what we call hypothesis testing mm -hmm. and to be honest i genuinely believe if you can get that far you can ex extract if you can extract information you can um, visualize it and you can interpret it using yeah. um, a, a statistically robust method then there's a ton of jobs that are so easily accessible that you could just walk into and then all the other things can come on later all the advanced yeah. like machine learning or you know modeling and etc etc that can come on the end but i think for me i would start there good thank you and more of a personal question what do you love most about being a data scientist <laughs> yeah so what i love most is the mentoring you know meeting like early uh, um uh, early career data scientists yeah. and you know people who are just new you know into it and just kind of helping them mentoring them just showing them you know okay here are the roots, you know, here are options, think about this, here's mm -hmm. that, and, you know, just give them that somebody to kind of, you know, have if they need anything. You know, I was um, very, very, uh, very um, lucky. I had a great mentor mm -hmm. and she was absolutely amazing and she opened up my world to a lot of things and I thought, wow you know so i think for me just doing that I, I find it very exciting oh that is really excellent Iter, and i think we can bring things to a close on that point thank you so much for sharing 
your expertise with us on data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is what we're about as a platform, hearing from um, women in leadership and technical spaces, sharing their experience and also inspiring others to um, follow uh, career paths in, in tech. So thank you so much for doing this today. And I hope everyone watching enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed listening to this. And yeah, I hope to see you all again soon. Thank you very much. Have a thank great you. day. Okay. Cheers.